What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. It's fancy football playoff time, so, you know. Yeah, the regular season's over. One of my favorite times of year. All right, before we start, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We have another great episode for you guys this week. We are officially three quarters of the way through the NFL regular season, and there's a lot that's happened both on and off the field. Uh, We'll cover some of the biggest headlines in the two-minute drill We'll also discuss some of the hottest hoops topics in our favorite basketball segment, The Starting Five. Tyler and I will also go through and cover what is going on here in Los Angeles in the L.A. Sports Roundup. But like Tyler said, uh, the fantasy football playoffs are here, and we have some interesting first-round matchups in the TSK Show League. Uh, We're not going to talk about how I did this week. I lost in two out of my three leagues. It was not good, but I ended the regular season in all three of my leagues over 500 with a record of seven and six. I made the playoffs in two out of three of my leagues, so there's still a chance I walk away with some money. Ironically, I'm the fifth seed in both playoffs that I'm in, so that's kind of cool. In the TSK Show League, I matched up with none other than our good friend Casey McGee, owner of the Cup Barbershop. Shout out the Cup Barbershop. Yeah, shout out Casey. Uh, And then in my other league, I matched up with one of my best friends, Mr. Rafi Diamond. Yeah, uh, I got the three seed in our league, uh, which sucks because I was in first place like all year, but that's how it goes. Yeah, uh, lost out on uh, the best record yep. uh, in the regular season money. Yeah, ju- yep. So uh, Congrats to Chad Johnson on that. Yep, he's the first winner. 100 bucks goes towards him. Uh, we got eight teams still in it. Uh, all you need is a three-game win streak to take it home. Yeah. Uh, but my team's had the uh, the worst four weeks of the season. Um I'm uh, one in three the last four games. Yikes. Why don't you let people know who's on your bench right now? I have two wide receivers that are out for the year and four defenses. What? (laughs) Yeah. You know, just play the matchups. That's how you got to do it. My team's set. We're ready to roll. All right. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fantasy football playoff time. It's you just got to roll with your guns. There's no more bye weeks. Not really. There's not a lot to do on the waiver wire. Yeah, exactly. If you're making moves, that's probably not a good thing. No, you're you're probably scr- scrambling for some last-minute ideas. It's probably not looking good for you this weekend. Yeah. But hopefully I can beat Casey. Who are you matched up with? Uh, I'm playing Jordan. Oh, uh, okay. Another active listener. Shout out Jordan. Yeah, shout out Jordan. But I'm going to give him this L. Yes, and I'm going like to give Casey this L. Season. Yeah, so, all right. Let's let's move on and talk about what's going on here in the city of Angels. Some big news today. Yep. Uh, out of uh, downtown Los Angeles, out at USC. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going on with the football program yeah, over there? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, hired as the head new head coach, uh, uh, which is cool. I actually watched. Well, him not play the head coach, offensive coordinator. Or the offensive coordinator, the play caller. Yeah. Um, really, the guy that's going to work with JT Daniels and be like the future. He's of- supposedly some quarterback, some kind of quarterback whisperer, like Sean McVay is. I wa- I watched this dude play quarterback. He played four seasons at Texas Tech. He torched yeah. it. His senior year, he threw for 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. Sheesh. 
Um, and this was when, you know, the, the college video game was strong. Yeah. Uh, so I remember him very well and I know that he's been coaching for a long time and he's been the head coach out at, uh, Texas tech. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he doesn't have a great record, but, uh, his first year there, he took him to a bowl game and won. Um, I think he's a good hire for USC. Oh, I mean, this is, this is a great hire for USC. I think really the big thing with this is. Realistically, I think now Clay Helton is probably getting fired after next year, no matter what happens. Cliff Kingsbury is going to become the head coach of USC. I mean, he was fielding offers from the NFL after yeah. he got fired from Texas Tech this year. Like, the Rams basically almost made an offer. I think the Cowboys made an offer yeah. to, to try and get him to sign on for the rest of the regular season. And, I mean, I think that says a lot about a, a young, talented uh Coaching, just, coaching the college ranks. Yeah, anytime you get the young person, they're still pretty close to the game, so um, they understand kind of the modern air, the modern side yeah. of play calling, which is why I think guys like Sean McVay and hopefully Kingsbury um, bring to the game. Yeah, they got energy. They know what's going on. They're they're going to play the trendy stuff, and sometimes they're going to get to they're going to get to uh, uh, get to you before you realize what's going on. Definitely. But uh, any any other news coming out of the teams that you, you cover? Uh, um, you know, obviously the Chargers are playing really good, but we're going to cover them a little bit later. Um, and then the Clippers, they just continue to surprise everybody tied for first <laughs> in the West. It's insane. 16-7, uh, and 9-1 in Staples Center. Wow. Hey, listen. Yeah, it's the crazy. key The key in sports most of the time is to protect home court or home field. And This is just a team that you assume would play bad, so you assume someone would get hurt, you assume someone would get pissed off. This is just off. a band of misfits. Um, but they're all playing good and they're all healthy, so it's working out for them. Yeah. Well, the Lakers, on the other hand, after starting out 2-5, and five, the good news, they've, they've been on the upswing. They've won 10 out of their last 13. Yeah. Um, I'm, my notes – uh, my computer is bugging out right now. Well, they're fourteen and nine right now. They they've uh, they're five and five on the road. That's like basically where they've struggled. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're uh, back. We're back. Nine and four at home. All right. Since starting out two and five, they've gone twelve and four. They've won ten out of their last thirteen. They're currently fifth in the West, half a game behind the Warriors for fourth in the West, yeah. and they're one and a half games out of first place in the West. I think one through 14 in the Western Conference are separated by, I think, like five games or less. Yep. Uh, over the past few games, the Lakers' defense has improved immensely. I think the adjustment the coaching staff has made uh, with Kyle Kuzma not having to guard the five position anymore with the addition of Tyson Chandler coming off the bench, uh, Kuzma's really sticking to guarding twos and threes, and he's using his length uh, as an advantage on the defensive end. And Lonzo Ball is proving to be one of, if not the best, defensive point guard in the league. He is playing exceptionally well on the defensive end, grabbing rebounds, blocking shots, getting steals, getting in. Yeah, uh, when things not going good on offense, uh, you can always lean on defense if you have the effort and the will. And when you're trying hard, and he's got, you know, he's an athletic kid. He's a big guy, so he's got he's rangy with his hands. Um, and when he's got high effort, you know what I mean. That's that's yeah, he's happen. he's six hard. he's six six, so the height is always an advantage playing against smaller point guards. His length is always an advantage, and it's it's something we talk about all the time with Lonzo Ball. It's stuff that doesn't always show up in the box score that he does yeah. on the defensive end yeah. that makes him so valuable, uh, and people just don't really understand that. Uh, the a more lot of, him and LeBron can play together, the better, so they can just get used to each other because they're so versatile that. You can plug in any three guys with those two, and you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. 
Uh, some other notes for the Lakers. Rondo is close to returning. I think it's probably about another week or so. Uh, LeBron's looking great. Obviously, he's he's leading the team in every single statistical category except for block shots, which is being led by JaVale McGee. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and Tyson Chandler and the guy I just mentioned, JaVale McGee, they've been doing everything they need to do off. Uh, no, they're perfect. When when asked of it. No, they've, they've played perfect. The center, the center position's locked up. Hopefully, it can stay healthy. Yeah. So, from there, I think, are you guys... Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, we're at the 35. All right, sorry, we had to abruptly stop. We had uh, some students interviewing us for a student project they're doing here at CSUN, so shout out to those guys for asking us to be the subjects of their student project. But uh, we left off talking about the Lakers. Um, basically, they got a tough tough road stretch ahead of them. Six of their next seven games are on the road, uh, and a few of them are against uh, some playoff teams. But hopefully they can get it done over the next couple of weeks and get them rolling. Uh, a big date to look out for coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks is December 15th. That's when all players that have signed a new contract uh, this past offseason can be traded. Uh, a few names. Well, one big name, really, to look out for to be traded on December 15th. KCP? Is, well, KCP, and then hopefully it would be for Trevor Ariza from Phoenix. Maybe send, like, KCP and Zubak to, uh, to Phoenix and try and get Trevor Ariza out of uh, Purgatory in Phoenix, get him, over, get him back home to L.A., yeah. Let him get another ring with us. That'd be dope. That'd be dope if we could pick up Trevor Reza. Yeah. So, but the real news here, uh, as basketball season is still in its infant stages, the Los Angeles Rams are the only 11-1 team in the NFL. It was a sloppy win on the road against Detroit. The score doesn't really do the game justice. It was 30-16. to 16. Yeah, Detroit's been a scrappy team all year. Yeah, they keep, listen. They keep staying around. They beat New England. They they um, they need players. They play hard, and I think their scheme is right. Yeah, I think they just need more talent. They have, they very, have no one out there. They have a very capable quarterback in Matt Stafford, but luckily the Rams, they were able to pull out the W ahead of a Sunday night primetime matchup against Detroit's NFC North counterpart, the Chicago Bears, which is going to be a pretty pretty interesting game. Uh, but real quick before before I get to the meat of what I want to talk about here with the Rams, uh, shout out to Brandon Cooks. He reached a thousand receiving yards for the season uh, against Detroit. So uh, a huge addition this past off season uh, and a, a huge weapon for this offense. Very quiet, uh, very quiet thousand yards. Yeah, that's um. Listen, Bob it's Woods. Good, it's a good shout out. I think it's a good shout out because not a lot of people talk about him, and that's a great thing to have in a locker room when. Your receiver, who he must be the first one to get a thousand. He's the first one on the team. So it's like your leading receiver is normally causes a lot of attention. It draw you need they're high, they're normally more high maintenance. You need to throw them x amount of balls. They need to Brandon Cooks. You don't and, ever hear his name. Well, and, and he's what, throwing up numbers. What's crazy is Bob Woods is really looked at as the number one receiver here in L.A. because he's favorited you know what i mean yes. like if you're if you're a defensive coordinator and you're watching jared goff um i think i think cup and woods are big time fantasy plays yes and that's why i think uh 
Cooks has been uh, had such a great season because now he doesn't have to he doesn't have to get open. He runs the routes that where you know um, Bob Woods and and Cooper Cup are running. He's he's complementing that route by going yeah. over the top or dragging underneath. He doesn't break people off. He's a speedster. Yeah, he separates. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Bob Woods isn't far behind him. He's Bob Woods is only about. 30 if not under 30 yards away from reaching a thousand yards just think as well it's like bob what you know brandon cooks can get the same amount of yardage as bob woods and half as many targets 100 percent. you know it's a big he's a big play guy but on third and five you look for bob woods yeah because he's that go-to guy yeah and then obviously todd Gurley, i think an mvp candidate uh he's now at a 15 rushing touchdowns bringing his season total to 19 which yep. he only had i think 17 last year yeah, yeah, no. It, anytime you flirt around the twenty touchdown mark, it's crazy. Yeah, but now really to what I, I want to get to the meat, the meat of what I I want to talk about. Uh, I predicted it in the the preseason when we previewed uh, this NFL season. I think Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league. Uh, he has sixteen and a half sacks. He had another strip sack against Detroit. And I think really people need to start considering not only for defensive player of the year, but also for MVP. He has six multi-sack games, which is a Rams record. He has the chance to break the record for sacks from an interior lineman at 18. uh, And Michael Strahan's overall sack record at 22 and a half. He won 2017 defensive player of the year with only 11 sacks. He already has 16 and a half now. He has 15 tackles for a loss. Uh, and 27 QB hits last year in a defensive player of the year campaign. This season through 12 games, like I said, he has 16 and a half sacks, 20 tackles for a loss, and 32 quarterback hits. And this leads me into my first two-minute drill question, so we'll just jump right to it. Do you think Aaron Donald should win MVP? If not, do you think he will get any sort of consideration? Uh, no, no. Not that I, not that that sounds terrible, but it's like <laughs> you're just like no, he, he, yeah, just, it's just not gonna happen. He's they're not gonna give him, they're not gonna give a defensive player MVP. I just don't think it's gonna happen. It would take something miracle esque. It'd be like he already broke the fucking record. You know what well, I mean? What if, it, it would it would take like like uh, um, ta- like uh, LT um lawrence taylor he yeah. like changed the game you know what i mean he changed his position i'd argue aaron um, donald is changing game from the interior yeah and that could be true because of how the offensive game works but you know defensive tackles it's hard it's hard you know because you're not always watching that position but they do they have to do a lot of other things other than tackles and sacks and that's why he looks so crazy is because normally d tackles don't do those things yeah they don't have those responsibilities um they don't run that kind of scheme but no doubt the dude's a special player and is like the leading candidate for defensive player of the year. But I don't think uh, he's got enough responsibility to his team to be considered the most valuable player. I don't think he's the most valuable player on his team. Interesting. You know what I mean? Okay. I, th- I think Jared Goff and, and Todd Gurley are I both think Jared more, Goff is, more important. I think, I think maybe three, four weeks ago, Jared Goff was in the conversation for MVP. I think uh, he's kind of played himself out of it. He's had a couple of missteps uh, throughout the past couple of games. Uh, Todd Gurley, I definitely think, is deserving of MVP consideration. Uh, yeah, no, think, Todd, and Todd Gurley has done everything. Last year he did everything to do it, but, like, it's just – it's too hard not to get uh, – it's too hard not to give it to a quarterback. The problem is, though, is it's I think – It's so, so rare. The last time we saw it 
was when Sean Alexander and Tomlinson were were breaking the rushing yeah. records. Yeah. They weren't flirting around 20. They were flirting around 30 touchdowns. Yeah. It's just it doesn't ha- that doesn't happen anymore. And I don't see a receiver ever going to – it's tough for a receiver to do it because obviously your quarterback's going to be in front of him yeah. just, just off the dynamic of the position. Right. So purely because of the stranglehold QBs have on that award right now in this day and age is why – it's just not, not gonna happen. I think I think it's interesting though because New Orleans did lose. I think Drew Mahomes Brees, is the. I think Mahomes is your MVP. Right? Yeah, I think I don't think Drew Brees gets the MVP anymore. No, but it's which is stupid because he <laughs> lost the first game and his last game and he won every single game in between. So he's still in there. Jared Goff is absolutely still in. I like. The, I, I'm these, glad you're hopeful he's still in that conversation. Those are those are the only three I think that's even possible is Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees. That's I, it. That's it. No one else is in the even in the ballpark. I think Todd Gurley has a better chance than Jared Goff. No, it's just I always, and like I like I think of records too. I always think of best case scenario. Yeah, it's just like what can, what's the best thing that these like any player in the NFL can do over four games. And those three guys, you know, shit, they could throw for <laughs> ungodly amount. They could throw for, you know, 1,400 yards yeah. in the last four games. They could throw for, you know, 15, 16 touchdowns in the last four games. Yeah, no, you, you ain't lying. So, all right, what's what's your first two-minute drill question? And we'll uh, actually we'll actually put the clock on this time. Yeah, um, well, this this one's pretty deep as well, but we'll, we love uh, it. We'll we'll roll it. Um, there's uh, I got four four uh, names in the AFC playoff race. I think have completely changed the AFC playoff race, and and how do you think it affects it? I got uh, we lost Kareem Hunt. Um, Kansas City lost Kareem Hunt. Yep. Pittsburgh's lost jo- James Conner. Uh, Baltimore's lost Joe Flacco, and, and the Chargers have lost Melvin Gordon. Well, good news on Melvin Gordon is they're hopeful he might be able to play this week. If not this week, that he'll play next week. Well, Mel- I think everyone but Kareem Hunt is questionable to return. Yes. I think Flacco is I not going to come back, even if he can come back. I don't think Flacco's coming but back I at think all. James Conner and Melvin Gordon still have a chance at like, playing for their teams. I agree. Affecting the playoff race. I agree. I think Melvin Gordon and James Conner. I think are also the two more important pieces to to their team's success uh, out of the out of the three names. Since we'll take Kareem Hunt out of it, since we know he's not going to be returning this year. Yeah. Uh, but I think Lamar Jackson has stepped up. He's played pretty well. He's Got put a, put him in the playoff race. Yeah, he's done everything he needed to do uh, when asked of it. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I think it, it's an unfortunate situation. What happened to him because the team did want to keep him out of that game? Yeah, because they were scared about a no, different it's tough. injury. That, that happens in sports all the time. Yeah, but that competitive drive in players it it sometimes overrules, uh, and coaches trust their players sometimes a little too much. So we got uh, we all, so we also got Miami, um, the Colts, the Titans, and, and Denver all at six and six. Yeah. So the AFC race, you know, those are four out of the six teams taking down a, a big name. Right, vital the, pieces to their to their success this this season. Yeah, I um, I think you know I I don't think Baltimore is going to end up making the playoffs. I don't think so either. Um, but they you know they could that that injury is just really tough to get around though. Um, but yeah, I think Melvin Gordon's probably the the most likely to affect the playoff hunt, um, ending it up. Yeah. So the next topic, uh, we we kind of mentioned it uh, briefly in this in the last question, but. We all know and saw what uh, Kareem Hunt did back in February. 
He was placed on the commissioner's exempt list. He was cut outright by the Kansas City Chiefs and has now officially cleared waivers, becoming an unrestricted free agent in the NFL. Even with the uncertainty of how long a suspension could be for Hunt, because now he's not just facing this uh, one incident, there were apparently two other incidents that have occurred where he was involved in physical altercations with people. Uh, do you think he ever plays in the NFL again? No, he's done, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a sad story. Um, but it's not a football thing. Uh, it's a society thing. That's like my main uh, takeaway from it, from it all. It's all unfortunate. It's uh, it's sad to see someone so talented. Um, this, this might be a little too early to say, uh, but XFL? Oh, jeez, no. No, I don't know. I don't think you know. I don't that may be a little insensitive because I think at this time, as any organization in any sports, um, you should probably stay away from him. Yeah, uh, just like Ray Rice has been. You know. Um, well, he was also on the downturn of his career. Kareem Hunt is no, twenty three. Yeah, not the sa- not the same prime, but but he was still in his twenties. He was like twenty nine. But I mean, he was still balling. Like you know. Yeah. This was. It is. You're right. You're right, though. You're right. It is, he Kareem Hunt is 23 years old. He's this younger is, than me. This is um, one of the craziest stories I've ever seen. It's as a, a as a, someone that's watched sports my whole life. I don't think anyone ever that good. Maybe Aaron Hernandez is like the only other thing that's even close to this because. And I say crazy. And I'd say Kareem. And I'd say Kareem Hunt at, is better player than Hernandez was. He's definitely just as good. I mean, both pro bowlers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Both studs. Um, I think Hernandez was, what, like 24 when he played his last game? Something like that. 24, <laughs> 25. You know, not – it's just uh, – it's just crazy. It's sad. It's a sad yeah, thing to see. I don't think he ever plays professional sports at all ever again either. Um, it's it's just a really unfortunate situation. Yeah. I just, what, what do you do um, – and that's I, I just you know? I can't think how any sort of NFL owner can look themselves in the face if they were to put in a waiver claim on no, him. No, you can't. You definitely can't. The NFL definitely cannot touch him. No, if if they do, it's going to have to be something like uh, some sort of mentoring thing where he goes through. You know, if say Kareem Hunt sits at, uh, goes to like does all this stuff for like the next year, and they treat it like a Michael Vick thing where they're trying to rehab him and some. You know, you threw out Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or yeah. Mike Tomlin or someone like this is like someone with an established culture. That that's possible. He could return in two seasons, but but I, I think mean, at least twelve months you can't touch him. But I think even even being away from the it's NFL, a shallow, for, it's a, it's a shady game though. You never know. I think being away from the game for twelve months, twenty four months, three years, maybe you you can't come back from that. I got I got two words, Ricky. Williams. Touche. Josh Gordon. It happened. That was, that was four. No, that was four. Josh Gordon <laughs> came to me later. I, re- I wanted to get the Ricky Williams. But, all right. But, no, right. it, it happens. It does happen. But this is this is different because of the nature of the crime. The, the society vis- we live in now. The visual aspect of it. But because he is 23, you know, that two years of great He's really not even in his physical prime yet. No, not no, he's not. Um, so... But all right. I don't know. What's yeah. your next question? Um, my next question is just pretty simple. Uh, you don't see this too often from franchises like this, but Mike McCarthy fired after 12 games in the season. 
it's about damn time. It's about time. It's the wrong time, but it is about time. But what's cool is, I mean, look, I think, it, it I think the nice. Green Bay Packers put in a, a flyer on Cliff Kingsbury. Like, they have that opportunity now where they have the advantage yeah. against other NFL teams to where. Well, that's what I don't. That's, like, where the business side of it is, like, grants it some justice. You know what I mean? But when you think about what the guy's done for the organization, oh, it sucks. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 just, a, it's a horrible fall but from grace. Time, you know, I, and on the other hand, though, now he has a chance to look for a job. Quicker. 100%. So um, it's, it's, not just like, like, it's just I'm like the really, Hugh Jackson situation, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm not super like on the fence either way. I'm pretty down the middle. But I think it, it does sucks. suck to see him go in the middle of the season, but I'm happy for the Packers to move on. But it's, it, it's tough when your franchise wanted, player and your head coach go, start to go against each other when they've been partners for so long it's 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 like lebron james that's how aaron Rodgers is with head coaches it's like and well and he's been he's been much more fortunate to play with the same coach aaron Rodgers isn't a coach killer no no he's not a coach killer but it's like he's a coach on the field yeah he was changing plays at the line of scrimmage apparently yeah and i'm sure lebron's done similar shit i'm sure he has that's how um that's what it's like coaching those guys it's really hard but Green Bay is just a model franchise, so it's a little weird to see at this time. Um, but I'm happy for them. I think I, in the offseason, I would have wanted them to to do this anyways. Yeah, I think it was basically inevitable when uh, – I mean, people have been calling it for probably about four or five games. Yeah, four and seven start. That's just not acceptable. And the tie. Four, seven, and one, yeah. Yeah. All right, the last question for me in the two-minute drill has to actually do with the Kansas City Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell. What do you what are your what do you what are your thoughts? What if Le'Veon Bell? Uh, I don't think it works money wise because Kareem Hunt's you know like not making anything. That's it's that's like why they're able to have like they have a Mahomes and Kareem Hunt rookie contract. I, I think, think Tyreek Tyre just got paid. Yeah, Kelsey's been paid. You know what I mean? You have guys like Justin Houston's been paid. Eric Berry's been paid. You only have so much money to go around, and I don't think running back's the right position that they need to dump a bunch of money in. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, whoa, like, hey, Kansas City, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, that's pretty interesting. They they lost a peg on my power rankings purely because of Kareem Hunt. I mean – Oh, it's a huge loss. It's a it's a big-time loss because he's actually a good player. It's not just a plug-and-play guy. No, this or is – it's not just a guy that you can just fill in. You Like, like you can, James Conner, you can get – Production out of somebody else, but James Conner's not Le'Veon Bell. This Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West or whoever they're playing is not Kareem Hunt. I'll tell you right now, the Chargers and the Steelers have a lot better chance to play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game now that Kareem Hunt is no longer on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, those teams are healthy. That's a, it's a good thing to be right now. Yeah. But all right, what's your last two minute drill question? All right, uh, just coming from a Rams perspective, who do you think is the uh, scariest team in the NFC right now to beat you guys? And now that that puts into perspective, or you know, what's the play style that scares you the most? What's the player that scares you the most? Well, I think it. I think at the end of the day, it has to be the Saints because they're the team that's beat us. Yeah. And I mean, and they have that veteran guy that's like they have. When, when football teams have one guy and it's a one-game win or lose, win or go to the next round type of scenario. Well, and it's also – it's like you said last week in the reverse power rankings. It's all about the quarterback-head coach scenario, mm-hmm. and they have the perfect scenario where you have two guys 
who have been together for 10, 12, I think even 15 plus years yep. to where I don't think actually 15, that may be a little bit long, but yeah. at least 10 years they've been yeah. together yeah. Uh, where they've been there, done that. They've won a Super Bowl together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the offensive weapons like Michael Thomas, like Alvin Kamara, like Mark Ingram. Yep. Uh, and even the complimentary pieces in the receiving core that no nobody's really even heard of, where they got all the touchdowns a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara kind of took the back seat. It's that mentality of that's where w- that's when they're that's why they're scary because exactly yeah, it's that mentality think, of anybody can do anybody can produce for us. You think like oh if we stop this guy we have a chance no um, you have to stop Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. It's just so it's very hard to do. It's insanely tough, I, and I mean that's obviously got to be the biggest worry as far as Rams fans go, uh, especially with the the championship pedigree too. This is a team that won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Well, it isn't really a team that won a Super Bowl, but the Drew main, Brees. Their and, main ingredients are the ones that won, and just won like, the Super Bowl. Just like Belichick and Brady, it's this is you know these two guys. It's a system. Do, do it. Yep. But all right, all right so from the gridiron, uh, let's go to the hardwood. Let's do it. What do we, what, what do we got? Uh, the first topic in the starting five. Okay. We're, right. we're going to roll with uh, on the topic of head coaches getting fired. Yeah. Um, Fred Hoiberg getting booted from Chicago. Yeah. Five wins to start the season. Never a good look. I think this is a good call. Um, if it's not, if you don't feel like it's working, it's work. Uh, just, you know, get out of it because you were excited about this team. They um, they had a lot of high hopes for this. You're team. not getting anything out of Laurie Marketing. He's averaging ten and four right now. Well, I think he also got hurt. You don't know where. Yeah, that's true. And you know you're getting like overproduction from Bobby Portis, but you don't really want to commit to Bobby Portis, right? Because you have a Jabari Parker who you gave fucking money to and should mil. be doing what Bobby Portis is doing. Yeah, so you're like you're not getting production out of the big names. I mean, I think well, Zach so- Levine is producing very well. You sold this starting five, and then Chris Dunn's hurt again, right? Yeah. Um, Zach, Zach Levine's playing great, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Bulls are playing great. Exactly. Um, they need they need Markinen and, and Wendell Carter Jr. out there. And Wendell Carter Jr. has played all right. He's got solid numbers for a rookie. I think he's averaging like 12 and 7. Um, so that that's, that's a positive. But I just think there's too much talent on this team, young talent on this team, that they need to be playing, you know, at least energetic and, and playing well together and getting better um, because this is a team that they're trying to actually build around. This isn't the blow-up project. This is what they got after the blow-up. Yeah, and I think uh, Fred Hoiberg, he's, he's been in Chicago for three years. This was the start of his fourth season with the team. Played as played as a Chicago Bull. He, he played as a Chicago Bull, but the matter of the fact is he's been there for three-plus years. He's rolled with different lineups. Yep. He's had different pieces to to where they thought, a, and they've had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. They've they've kind of had the injury bug, but they've had pieces to where they thought they could put a competitive team out there, and it just couldn't happen. And I don't I don't blame Chicago for making the move. Uh, were you surprised that he was the first coach fired? Not really, because I think um, the other teams that are struggling, you know, Phoenix, Atlanta, um, they knew they were going to struggle. Exactly, and Washington is quietly almost back into the playoff race there yeah and it's still it's still really early in the season to fire a coach so yeah it's i mean even now firing fred hoiberg is early but chicago needs to change it up and they need to get moving with this young team because they sold they sold a dream with those five young guys i think they should move on from bobby portis and try to get more you know draft picks get younger 
and just keep it because I think he's I think he cripples your uh, your progression of guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Lori Mark. It's so it's so funny to me that Chicago chose Bobby Portis over Nikola Miritich at the end of the day. Yeah, that I think it's because Miritich was more available for trade. People wanted him more. Yeah, but I just I, I think, think you, you, it's a business, and so if you can make a business deal with Miritich, you do it. If it, if it was really fifty fifty, you know. Yeah, that's true. But all right, the next thing, the next topic I wanted to talk about, uh, I got a team versus the team that I created. So, and it'll it'll lead into the next topic that we want to discuss, uh, which I which I th- I think you guys are gonna find pretty interesting because it involves two players that have a very open window of potential. Mm-hmm. So the first team I want Tyler's thoughts on are Steph Curry. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid versus Kyrie Irving, James Harden, LeBron James, Blake Griffin, and Nikola Jokic. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Curry, Curry, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, and Embiid versus Kyrie Harden, Braun, Blake, and Jokic. Yeah, I gotta go with Braun for sure. Yeah, I knew, I knew you were gonna go I with Braun's team. You got Kyrie Harden and Braun just like out the <laughs> jump. I mean, Kawhi and Embiid is nasty, but and AD. But Blake, can, Blake Griffin can play with anybody. Uh, Jokic is the weak spot, and he's a pass first, you know, creator. So that'll work out. I think Blake Griffin needs to thank the Clippers. 10 times over for getting him out of Los Angeles. So the only thing he had to do was focus on basketball because he is killing it in Detroit. Yeah, he's a beast. I'm, I'm a big Blake Griffin fan. Yeah, and I, and I love that Detroit team too. So it's it's awesome to see. Yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, they're they're crushing too. They're, they're 13 and 8. They're like fourth in the East. Yeah, and they got out to a hot start last year. It kind of teetered off. I'm ready uh, though. They got the lineup now. You know they played together. They got a whole off season together, and they got the coach now. Um, I like it. I like what they're doing. They they blew it on the draft. Uh, I think a couple times. Uh, Luke Kennard, I think, was a definite drop of the ball. Um, <laughs> it happens. It, Stanley it, Johnson hasn't really been performing as yeah, well. Yeah, I like Stanley Johnson, but he hasn't like reached what he should be. You know, right. and then like my guy Reggie Bullock's. Although he wasn't like a high draft pick, he was a first rounder. Um, he hasn't like done a ton, but he plays well for them sometimes. Yeah, but the two the two players I wanted to talk about uh, from those teams are two rising stars uh, in terms of the big men ranks, and two players that have I think really changed the game. Yeah. Uh, for how the center position is played these days in the NBA. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on who would you rather build a franchise around right now, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? And if you want, I can give you uh, some statistical comparisons. No, no, no need. First <laughs> of all, Joel Embiid. Second of all, I think it's sweet that you want to compare that these two are even in the same ballpark. Because I think Embiid is hands down better. Um, I think that at the end of the day, yeah, there's some centers that like have better numbers, but like in a seven-game series – I think Embiid is giving Jokic the works. And yeah. I honestly think um, it's been a slow build for me to believe this, but I truly believe that not only is Embiid the best center in the game, the best big man in the game, he's the best. He's probably the best big man since Shaq. Well, see, that's exactly where I was going to go and, with this. And his style of play, his physicality and his body, 
Jokic has the body, but he doesn't use it like Joel Embiid. No. He doesn't turn to the basket and try to embarrass you. You know, he's a finesse guy, which is not – I'm not saying, like, physicalness is better than finesse. Um, they both work for you. Obviously, Jokic's numbers are insane. Yeah, I mean, he got a triple-double um, last night again. But it's like if Jokic plays with four bad players and Embiid plays with four bad players, I'll take Embiid's team. Yeah. If Embiid's the center of the super team and Jokic is the center of the super team – I'm taking Embiid's team every time. Um, he's just a freak. I, I I really think he's one of the best. I think he's going to be better. The other guy in my head is Dwight Howard as far as, like, the best centers since Shaq. Yeah. And um, obviously there's a couple guys rolling around right now, like Boogie and and um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns yeah. and stuff. But who could, who could, they could be, be something but like M that. Embiid showed me way more than any other center. And out the gate, too, even with – like the the one thing I say about Joel Embiid is I gave him a lot of crap when he was hurt and doing all the talking, but since he's been healthy and actually played in yeah. games, he's backed up everything he's, he's said. He's like he's like the way I try to compare it, and and unless you saw this guy play, which is such a small window, this guy this guy was like the solar eclipse. Um, Greg Oden. Yeah. Um, his body, if you saw what his size looked like on the court. The and, footwork he the footwork and, but, he had for the size he but was. It went, so, like, my best way of describing Embiid is, like, this guy has Joel Embiid's body and Giannis's game. Giannis's game. It's, yeah. It's freaky. It's he can, and crazy. he can hit a three. Yeah, which is, like, you know, I think Giannis can hit a three uh, at about the same rate. As, I think Joel as Embiid's Embiid, a little bit more consistent. Which is even crazier. It, well, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, hands down, Embiid. I, don't, I, no, I, think I think it's a good question because you're showing respect to Jokic. Um, I just think Jokic, he, what he's been able to do, and, like, I, I'm fascinated by the triple-doubles he's able to put he's up. A, he's a franchise center, for sure. Um, he's a franchise center. But I don't know if he's, like, I don't know. I think he's more Vlade Divac than Shaq. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know about that. Vlade is a Hall of Famer. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Vlade did a lot of good things. He did. And that's what – and you're – you're in your head, you saw Vlade when he was fucking 35. Yes, You know true. I mean? You didn't see him when he was young playing for the Lake Show. I did not. Um, and neither did I, but I know – I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. I know that's the kind of player he is. Yeah. Those are – that's No, more, I know what Vlade has done for the game. That, that's more of what I see, like Jokic – can Jokic can he's a glue guy he can blend in with any lineup yeah um, which is really good he's a franchise center I mean I can't talk highly enough about Jokic but he's not Joel Embiid yeah no I think you hit it right on the on the money I think the better one would have been Cat I would have had a lot harder time um, I just haven't been as impressed with Cat this year but I think that's why it's a better question because then it's like well Jokic and Cat is more of a toss up um, oh you're saying take out Embiid and he's in his own category. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, Embiid, I think, is number one. Yeah, it, no, well, I would agree with that. As far as me, like, if you would ask me, like, when you asked me the question earlier in the day, I knew what the fuck I was going to say. Like, well, no, I knew what you were going to say, too. You know, uh, but, like, Jokic and Cat, I would have probably thought about it a little bit. Yeah, I just, I think you I didn't, I didn't look in no numbers, nothing. <laughs> I don't need to see anything. Like, I know. <laughs> no, I, I think from what I've seen from Joel Embiid, it's like, the one thing people always said about Shaq is you could call a foul on Shaq's defender every single play. Yeah. And I, I think it's almost the same for Joel Embiid where he's he's so dominant when he's in the post. The footwork he has for the size that he is, his finesse at the rim to where also he, he uses his power at the rim, it's it's 
unlike anything I've ever seen since Shaq. Yeah, it's freaky. It's freaky because it's like half court. It's half court athleticism. It's not yeah. like Zion and LeBron where they're and coming they, down the down the paint. This is just one gathering step, one powerful large gather step, and one and, power dribble. And it's it's and over. raising up and just dunking on. It's him. like Shaq said he'd never been dunked on chest to chest. I I believe I would find it really hard to believe. Joel Embiid has as well. Yeah, he's that. He's he's like that. Yeah. I I can't wait to see this guy when he's thirty, just like Shaq and Kobe. Like, oh even yeah. when his body is like really fully done, and he's like got a little bit of, maybe even like a little fat on him. You know he's twenty five now, so he's gonna be free. Um, or twenty four so, now. Excuse me. So what 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 do we got next on the docket? The next next on the docket is something that has been somewhat of a hot topic going around the NBA and it's the players versus the fans. Mm -hmm. We've had three incidents in the recent uh, weeks where players have interacted with the fans with a little bit of distaste. I'd say KD was caught on camera telling a fan to shut the fuck up and watch the fucking game. KD was fined $25,000 for his actions uh, after responding to a heckler in that manner uh recently pat beverly of the clippers uh chucked a ball not really baseball pass but a hard chest pass uh at a fan courtside who said fuck your mother to beverly multiple times during a game and beverly was fined twenty five thousand dollars for his actions and i think this game was actually last night or uh, sunday night but in the Cavs nets game at the end of the game uh, Tristan Thompson was caught on camera flipping off a fan courtside uh, after assuming uh, the fan probably said something uh, at Tristan, directed at Tristan either throughout the game or at that very moment, and Tristan flipped him off, got caught on camera. But who's wrong in these situations? Well, I was just about to say uh, there's two things. Uh, one, I think this is a story as old as time. I think since there's been fans and players, there's been this going on. Yes. Um and then, uh, second of all, I think everyone involved is a loser. <laughs> I don't think there's any being a winner. In no, this. I agree. I, I think you lost the second you entered the ring. Yes, it's something that happens. Like I said, um, so I, it's not like I don't have a distaste for it at all. I don't think anything less or anything more of the people other than like you lost that scenario. Yeah, the fan lost because like I come from just being a fan. Like I can yeah. never, ever, ever. Yell something like that to a, well, to a you, player. You could I heckle. Like, you I, could heckle a team. You I could think, heckle a players. I could never do it in a serious manner, though. You know what I mean? No, I no. Could, I could never. It's never serious. I would never say anything about. You know, I would never use cuss words. I would never use um, their family. I would never use like their personal like something that's going off the court. No, you there's lines. I mean? There's lines when it comes to. I wouldn't say anything etiquette. negative ever. So it's it baffles me that these idiots. You know, I've been at fan. I've been there, uh, seen it, and when they're yelling these things at the fans, they're losing because they're just they look like idiots. You're just yeah. trying to get a rise out of them because you know they're not allowed to get a rise out of it. Yeah, you know, you lost. You lost that war. You they got you to do that. You well, know it's what I mean? the whole keyboard uh, keyboard thug mentality where you can get away with whatever you want then, behind a keyboard. And, and then, but then on the other end, I also think that the players that uh, react lost. Yes. I, I agree as well. Unfortunately, that's how I feel. It's not like they really lost. Cause it's just like at the end of the day, 
yo, you're rich, you're famous, you're like, big, and you, you're bigger than you that. You should be bigger than that. And because, like, walking away, you win and they lose. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? It's you just second. got paid thousands and, of dollars to go put a ball in them. But I also, like, am someone that's emotional when I compete. So, like, I react just like. Oh, yeah, I get these, it. Some of these other, some of these guys react. So it's completely, um, it's a mind game and you lose every time you react. That's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think in the terms of, like, these three cases with, like, KD, Pat Beverly, and Tristan Thompson, I think Tristan Thompson and KD got, definitely got away with the more harmless uh, response. Yeah. Now, Pat Beverly, there's no excuse to throw a ball at a fan. Like, that's, yeah, no, exactly. These, these, fans, these fans do this shit is just they're so fucking dumb, and they're so disrespectful. And most of the times there's always All, alcohol involved. There's always alcohol involved. There's always fans that are, like, will stand up for the athletes. Or give them shit if they're just heckling them like that. Um, it's just ridiculous to do that. You you know you're 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 fake tough guys when you're doing stuff like that because these guys are world class athletes. Yeah, it's like it, they you're, can't they can't react. They can't do anything. It's just like yelling at a fucking lion in the zoo, like <laughs> like trying to like throw rocks at them behind the cage or something. Well, you know no, I mean? that's exactly what like, it is. That's what you're doing. You're treating them like that. Um, yeah, the players on the court, you're ten rows in the stands. Like, there's yeah. no way he can get to you if if you yeah, say something foul or over being, the line. You're being fucking stupid. Um, and so you lose. But every now and then, the players lose too. It's it's interesting to me though, where it's like the whole remember the Spike Lee Reggie Miller thing, mm-hmm. where that fan interaction, where it's it's almost like celebrated. Well, that uh, well because that made Reggie play better. And it, it so was also like a celebrity it ca- it ca- involved. Yeah, yeah, and that's too. That's definitely the bigger piece. It was a celebrity on on court side. Yeah, um, for sure. In the playoff, it's just like uh, you know how Drake's a fixture now. Jack you know, Nicholson's been thrown out of a game before. Yeah, it's a, you know, and at some point we could see Drake get into it with another. You know, oh, you saw him in KD get I mean, into it I, the other day. But I mean, like a legendary one, like a oh, series yeah. that's like no in the playoffs. You, yeah, you know, something like Indiana, New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think they're all losers when they become part I agree. of that. And, I agree. Uh, it's I a lose lose situation for everybody. And I think it's something that's old as time. Then uh, it's part of the game. Yeah, just wait. Just wait till you catch these people face to face, and then see what happens. Yeah, and even then, it's just like they're the big, they're the bigger people that they walk away for a reason. They don't have to prove. They don't have anything to prove. Um, and also, they know the fan knows if the the that's professional why think, does that's anything why I think to the them. NBA, that's why I think the players are losers too, because they don't have anything to prove. Don't don't let these don't fuckers, stoop to the fan like, level. For for me, it's like if I get someone to like react, then like I'll forever be like, remember when fucking Kevin Durant told me to shut the fuck up and and enjoy. Like, the why game? would you be proud of something? Yeah, like that? you know, like you just gave them that though. Too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whether whereas, like, if you never would have reacted, they would have never have shit to say. Hundred percent. But all right, you are gonna close it out with the last one. Yeah, I got a really good matchup between a lot of shitty players. They aren't. Um, they aren't shitty players. They're just players Tyler doesn't like. These are like role players at best. Oh goodness! Um, it's a five-on-five matchup of my least favorite players in the NBA. Best of seven or just a one-on-one one yeah, game? Yeah, best of seven, five on five oh, on five. Best the of seven. Real, the best real, of seven is a little bit strategy involved. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because if you have the best player, you can win one game. Exactly. You know that's that's different. But first, Kyrie Irving, Varkel <laughs> uh, Fultz, oh. um, Luke Kennard. Brandon Ingram and Mason Plumley. Oh my goodness! So you got four Duke guys and then a UW guy. 
I didn't even realize that. Wow. I. <laughs> All right. And the second one, I got. Um, we got Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins, Tristan Thompson, and Miles Plumley. <laughs> so I got the two Plumley brothers going at it um, at center. Uh, the fours is going to be one team's going to be playing big ball with Tristan Thompson. The other one's going to have Mark uh, is going to have Brandon Ingram at the four. Oh goodness! Um, the threes are going to be Andrew Wiggins and Luke Kennard. And then the two guards, uh, Ben Simmons and D'Angelo Russell versus Kyrie and Markel Fultz. Oh, man. This is tough. So, really, like, the big three is, like, for the it's, like, Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, Wiggins. Yeah. And the other team has Kyrie, Markel, Kel. and, and uh, Brandon Ingram. I'm going to have to go with kyrie markel and brandon ingram just purely because of kyrie i tried to overstack yeah. the other team because of kyrie was beating the outlier yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the four dukies and, and the husky yeah wait, uh, it's oh god all these players luke Kennard, i think is the worst player in the nba i hate luke Kennard. another right? dukie used to be the worst player in the nba kyle singler yep he was the worst player in the nba <laughs> and before that it was uh and before that was mike dunleavy no another dukie uh they were all really bad Really bad players. Nothing good to say about them. Um, but, yeah, like, it's funny. There is some funny, like, connections here. Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell were back-to-back Laker picks. Yep. Um, Brandon Ingram I'd, is probably my, my favorite guy. Brandon Ingram and Tristan Thompson are probably my I'm favorite sh- guys. I, I'm, like, I get it. Kyrie's a dookie. But, like, you really hate Kyrie that much? Kyrie is more off-court shit. Like, oh, my God. Well, I you don't like Uncle such... Drew? You didn't like the movie? No, I, I like Uncle Drew. And I think he's a killer. Like, as far as his basketball game, big fan. It's like his stay woke fucking flat, oh, flat earth. Flat earth. <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff. I just think he's kind of gimmicky. But he's also super, super rich and famous, like from a young age. So I yeah. can't. I guess I, I can't really Listen, judge. Listen, he played much. nine games in this college. More, but like Tristan Thompson's another guy. Where like I used to really hate Tristan Thompson. Now it's like kind of like whatever. But this more is like I could not figure out players I don't like. <laughs> it's hard. I like everybody. You know, I knew the Plumleys were like one, two. Boom! I well, I knew Brandon Ingram was going to be on the list. I knew Brandon Ingram was going to be on the list. I knew D'Angelo Russell was going to be on the list. Snitch. Um. Ben Simmons, I just I can't get behind. Markel Fultz, I thought was a terrible pick, and and it's crazy how that's all turning out. Oh, getting so. diagnosed with a neurogenic, some sort of thoracic syndrome. Yeah. I don't know. It it affects his shot. I'm calling it the yips. We'll see. But yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, you, you got a shout out before? Yeah, I actually have two shout outs. Ooh. Yeah, but they're like bigger. They're not super specific or anything, but. I think uh, my first one was going to shout out the sport of boxing. It was uh, what know, a fight. I like boxing, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not a hardcore boxing guy. Um, but I watched the uh, Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight. and It was fucking awesome. Found that on Reddit stream I, in I, two minutes. I wanted. I wish I wish so badly that there was a knockout when we um, almost had it. Yeah. When Wilder knocked him down I was, and he got back up, it was it was amazing. Um the second knockdown, it was amazing that he got back up. Just the fight that Fury had, that uh, was that was crazy. But to end the decision, I didn't think Tyson Fury did enough to take the belt away from a champ. Yeah. Um, 
So that was awesome. I think that was really good for the sport of boxing, both heavyweights, both huge monsters. And guys. we're getting a rematch. And and we'll probably get a rematch. So that's uh, I think that was a good night for the sport of boxing. Made me a, a bigger fan than I already was. Yeah, it was definitely a very entertaining fight to watch. And then they got to shout out the home team, Seattle. Uh, Seattle's getting an NHL team whoop, whoop. Um, and an XFL team. Oh, you we're guys on, are getting an XFL we're, team? We're on the list, and they're going to play at the link. Well, the LA XFL team is going to play at StubHub Center. Yeah, that's cool. That's like the. Perfect, I think that's perfect. That's the. That's okay. That there just tells you how <laughs> shitty the Chargers situation is. We just got excited about the thought of how perfect an XFL team is a fit for StubHub. That's where the fucking Chargers play. That's that's what I'm saying, man. The disrespect the Carson Chargers get. God damn. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Seattle just keep racking up all those sports teams. It's awesome. Um, I like that we're successful in, you know, kind of like the, the B sport, not B sports, but like, you know, we've won the MLS cup. Yep. We've won WNBA finals. You've won the Super uh, Bowl. We're, we're getting into the, uh, we're getting into the NHL. Um, the XFL will be fun. I, I think the XFL is going to be fun because I think I'm going to see a lot of names that I know. We'll a, see a lot of names that I haven't seen in a while. Um, it's going to be cool. We'll see. Uh, my shout out, obviously it's the third night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to all my fellow Jews out there. I hope you enjoy all the latkes, souf ganyot, which are jelly donuts. Salmon? No, souf ganyot. Oh, what was the first thing he said? Latkes. Oh. Not lox. Yeah. I was like, I'll <laughs> another Jewish, I'll another Jewish I'll delicacy. I'll <laughs> And I know y'all fuck with salmon. It's the good stuff. Uh, another Jewish delicacy. Lox. Everybody go watch Eight Crazy Nights with Adam greatest Sandler. Han- greatest Hanukkah movie ever. That's what also listen tonight. to all of the Hanukkah songs that he has. I think there's about four of them. Beautifully written. And yes, they're beautifully great. Beautifully written and performed by the Adam Sandler. Yeah, one of the greatest Jews of all time, yep. Mr. Adam Sandler. So happy Hanukkah to all my fellow Jews out there. Uh, so with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK Show. Or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.